my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today's readings are asking us whether we are Philippians or Pharisees, and whether we are lovers of God or money for that matter. Are we Philippians or Pharisees? Are we lovers of God or lovers of money? In the first reading, Philippians 4, 10 to 19, St. Paul writes, It is a great joy to me in the Lord that at last you have shown some concern for me. Though, of course, you were concerned about me before and only lacked an opportunity, I am not talking about shortage of money. I have learned to manage whatever I have. I know how to be poor and I know how to be rich too. I have been, I have been through my initiation and now I am ready for anything anywhere. Full stomach or empty stomach, poverty or plenty. There is nothing I cannot master with the help of the one who gives me strength. All the same, it was good of you to share with me in my hardships. In the early days of the good news, as you people of Philippi well know, when I left Macedonia, no other church helped me with gifts of money. You were the only ones, and twice since my stay in Thessalonica, you have sent me what I needed. It is not your gift that I value. What is valuable to me is the interest that is mounting up in your account. Now, for the time being, I have everything that I need and more. I am fully provided now that I have received from Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus, the offering that you sent, a sweet fragrance. The sacrifice that God accepts and finds pleasing in return, my God will fulfill all your needs in Christ Jesus as lavishly as only God can. The gospel is from Luke chapter 16, 9 to 15. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you this, use money Tainted as it is, to win you friends, and thus make sure that when it fails you, these your friends will welcome you into the tents of eternity. The man who can be trusted in little things can be trusted in great. The man who is dishonest in little things will be dishonest in great. If then you cannot be trusted with money, that tainted sin, who will trust you with genuine riches? And if you cannot be trusted with what is not yours, who will give you what is your very own? No servant can be the slave of two masters. He will either hate the first and love the second, or treat the first with respect and the second with scorn. You cannot be both the slave of God and of money. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and laughed at him. He said to them, You are the very ones who pass yourselves off as virtuous in people's sight, but God knows your hearts. For what is thought highly of 
For what is thought of highly by men is loathsome in the sight of God. Beloved in Christ, we will see the application of the psalm as we get along. Friends, are we lovers of God or we are lovers of money? Am I a lover of God or am I a lover of money? And for that matter, am I a Philippian or a Pharisee? Am I in the camp of the Philippians or the camp of the Pharisees? Jesus told the Pharisees that they loved money. In the gospel, he told them, we are told the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and laughed at him. He said to them, so the Pharisees who loved money heard all that Jesus said and they laughed at, at him. The Pharisees were lovers of money. But we see a contrast in the, gospel, uh, in the first reading from the Philippians chapter 4. The people of Philippi were lovers of God. Lovers of God. The people of Philippi, the Philippians were lovers of God. And I think God is calling you and I this evening to become lovers of God. We are called to be lovers of God. Who are lovers of God? When you love somebody, you know, when you love somebody, you want to talk about that person. When you love somebody, you want to draw people close to that person. You are not shy of that person. You want to introduce that person to everybody. You are eager to let people know somebody you love. You are not shy to talk about that person. You are not shy to declare your love and your loyalty for that person. Even if you are mocked, you use your money to promote the things of that person, to help that person. You are faithful and trustworthy. The person who loves God is also somebody who, who is faithful and trustworthy. Now, you see, if we love God, if we love God, we will be eager to talk about him. Just as when we love somebody, we are eager to talk about that person, we are eager to be with that person. If we love God, we will be eager to talk about that person. If we love God, we will be eager to draw people to him. To let other people know him. This is what we see, for example, in the, uh, in, the, in the first reading. The Philippians showed their love for God by giving their money to support the gospel. And so they promoted the, 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 the ministry of who? Of, uh, of St. Paul. They loved God. So they demonstrated that by giving to St. Paul. And St. Paul acknowledged that. Friends, because they loved God, they brought joy to the heart of St. Paul. St. Paul said, it is a great joy to me in the Lord. It is a great joy to me in the Lord that at last you have shown some concern for me again. So people who love God show concern towards people. They show concern towards God's people, so to speak. And when you show concern towards God, God's people by doing something good for them, by being generous with them, with your money towards them, for example, you draw them closer to God. How? Because St. Paul says that the generosity, the concern shown by the Philippians for him brought him great joy. Think about that. How did that happen? You know, because they showed that concern to him, St. Paul automatically will be, say, will be grateful to God. He will think about the goodness of God towards him. When we do good to people, when we are kind to people, they, they, they simply, we simply draw them closer to God in the sense. 
If you give somebody money, for example, or if you do a good deed for somebody, for example, you give somebody even a lift with your car, the person begins to thank God. So in doing that good deed for that person, you are drawing that person closer to God. And what does that mean? The person will begin to thank God, will begin to talk to God. So, oh God, I thank you, for example. And when the person begins to do that and goes deeper in doing that, you see, you have drawn that person into the presence of God, in a sense. And by doing so, remember, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. You realize that so your, your good deed has drawn that person into the presence of God and that person has begun to experience the joy of the Lord because in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. Psalm 6 and 11. So St. Paul says, it is a great joy to me. Why? Because of your concern. So the, the, the concern of the Philippians, the lovers of God, drew St. Paul into the presence of God and because he went into the presence of God with thanksgiving, he experienced the joy of the Lord. For in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And friends, that is what happens when we are kind to people, when we are generous to people. And people who love God are ready to give up their money to help other people and to help promote the kingdom to do the things of God. We'll come to see that very soon. And the direct opposite is true. Those who love money, on the contrary, are greedy. They grasp. They, are, they hold on to their money. They don't want to support anybody. They don't want to support the gospel. They don't want to help anybody. They are greedy and they, are, they continue to amass money only for themselves. That's the lover of money. Now, if we love God also, we will be eager to let people know him. Why? Because we love him. And because when you love somebody, you are eager to talk about the person. If we love God, we will be eager to talk about him. We will be eager to talk about Jesus. We will be eager to, 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 to evangelize, so to speak. If we love Jesus, if we love God, we will, be able, we will be eager to talk about him. We will not be shy to talk about him. We will not be shy to declare our love for him if we love God. If we love Jesus, we will not be shy to declare that we are Christians. Jesus was mocked. In the gospel for his stand for standing firm for god so to speak at a time even though he was god now he was proclaiming and promoting the kingdom of god by his teaching and we are told they mocked him friends until we are even mocked for following jesus christ we have not yet begun following jesus friends a time will come in our lives when we take jesus seriously a time will come where we will be mocked if we are true lovers of him Friends, are we ready to stand firm even when we are mocked like Jesus did? Friends, like the Philippians, we are told, St. Paul made it very clear, says, I am not talking about shortage of money. I have learned to manage on whatever I have. I know how to be poor and I know how to be rich too. You see, people who love God are content. That is contentment St. Paul is teaching us. He knows how to live with full stomach or empty stomach. In poverty or in riches that is a man who loves God such a man is content with whatever he or she has but the reverse is true for the person who loves money instead of God such a person is not content with what he or she has and so such a person will do all he or she can to amass wealth even if it demands doing it illegally that is what it means to love money but when we love God, Jesus tells us we will be faithful even in little things. In the gospel tells us, we will be faithful even in little things. What does that mean? We will be people of integrity. 
We will not collect bribes. We will not receive bribes and we will not give bribes. Why? Because we are lovers of God. But people who do not love God, but on the contrary love money, they will receive bribes and give bribes. Because they are looking at money. They are not ready to do what pleases God. Bribery and corruption doesn't please God. So people who love God will not do that. And that is what Jesus is drawing our attention to. To be faithful in little, in little things. That is what Jesus means. It's to be trustworthy in little things. It's, to be, it's a sign that we love God. Friends, people who love money are greedy. They don't give. They don't share. They keep amassing money. They take bribes because they are not content and because they are eager to get rich. And friends, Jesus is warning us about the love of money. Money is not evil in itself. Money is not evil. Friends, but the love of money is the root of all evil. 1 Timothy 6 verse 10. The love of money simply means we are ready to do whatever it takes by fair or foul means to get money. That is what it means to love money. To love money to the, to the neglect of the commandments of God. To love God, to pursue money to the extent that we disobey even God. That is what it means to love money. Jesus is not saying we should not look for money. In fact, Jesus wants us to be rich. The gospel acclamation makes it very clear. The gospel acclamation says in uh, 2 Corinthians 8-9 that Jesus Christ was rich, but he became poor for your sake to make you rich out of his poverty. Friends, if the Philippians were not rich, so to speak, if they didn't have money, they would not be able, they would not have been able to support the ministry of St. Paul. Friends, we need money in the church. We need money to promote the gospel. So we can, we, the Bible is not condemning money. No. Even in 3 John, the, the, the apostle says that God's desire is that 3 John chapter 2. The, desire, the, the, the beloved apostle says that God says, I desire above all that you will be rich and prosper. I desire above all that you, you be in good health and prosper, even as your soul prospers. So God wants us to prosper. In fact, if the church is a begging church, people will not even respect us. If we are beggars, people will not respect us. So God's desire is that we be rich so that we can promote his kingdom, so that we can work as a church effectively. If we didn't like money, so to speak, if we didn't need money, we'll not be doing collection in church. We need money, but we need genuine money. We need money, but we need genuine money. And so God exhausts us. Jesus wants all of us to be like the Philippians, to work hard, to acquire our riches through the principles of hard work and the principles of the gospel. Friends, that is what Jesus is talking about. When we love God, we will pursue and seek money. In the, in, uh, in, in, using the principles of God and the principles of hard work for that matter, the principles, principles of the gospel. We will look for money in a genuine way. We will transact our business in a genuine way, as we can see um, in the responsorial psalm, for example. Before we come to it, we continue with the first reading. St. Paul says, there is nothing I cannot master with the help of the one who gives me strength. In other words, he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. St. Paul says he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. Philippians 4 verse 13. How did he know that? Friends, we receive the strength from Christ. How do we receive strength from Christ? St. Paul says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Friends, when we are doing the work of God, when we are promoting the work of God, we are receiving strength from God. 
When we pray, we receive strength from God. When we are in the presence of God, we receive, uh, we receive strength from Him. When we read the Word of God, we receive strength. When we eat physical food, we receive physical strength. So spiritually also, the strength that Paul is talking about, if we will pray, be in the presence of God, if we will read the Word of God, we receive the Eucharist, we, we go for adoration. All things that are related to God, that bring us into the presence of God, we receive strength. And by God's grace, through His strength, we can do all things, St. Paul says. So let us avail ourselves to opportunities that make us, that make us, that cause us to receive the strength of God, so to speak. He goes on to say, You were the only ones and twice since my stay in Thessalonica. You have sent me what I needed. So you see, the Philippians were generous people. I, when I left Macedonia, no other church helped me with gifts of money. You were the only ones who did that. St. Paul is saying that the Philippians were generous towards him. They were the people who supported his ministry with their money. So you realize that these people were lovers of God. If they didn't love God, and they were if they were lovers of money, they would have clung to their money. They wouldn't have been ready to give out. You know, when you love something, you don't want to give it out. When you love something, you cling to it. You don't want to share. But because they were not lovers of money, and rather lovers of God, they were ready to part with their money, to give their monies out. St. Paul acknowledges that. And I made that point earlier on. And because of that, that gave joy to St. Paul. Why? Because St. Paul began to thank God. And thanking God made him enter the presence of the Lord. And in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. So the generosity of the Philippians towards St. Paul and his ministry drew him closer to God and filled his heart with joy. Now, St. Paul says, now for the time being. No, he says, before then, he says, it is not your gift that I value. What is valuable to me is the interest that is mounting up in your account. Do you hear that? St. Paul is saying that it is not your gift that I value. What is valuable to me is the interest that is mounting up in your account. What is St. Paul telling us? St. Paul is telling us that when we give to God, so to speak, when we give to God, so to speak, so to speak because, look, my, my dear brothers, God really doesn't need our money. If God is really alive and he's the creator of everything, he doesn't really need our money. Friends, when we give to God, so to speak, friends, it is in our own interest and it is for our good. It is a principle that God has put in place that when we give, he will we will receive. We give not to make God rich. God is the richest. A, a, a kettle on a thousand hill belongs to the Lord, we are told in the Psalms. All the silver and gold in the world are his. Haggai 2.8, we are told. Everything that we have, all that we have, we ourselves and our monies all belong to God himself. So God doesn't really need our money. But friends, when we give, so to speak, to support God's ministry in this context, in our lives as human beings, it's an opening, uh, it opens doors for us to be blessed. God has put that principle there. It's a principle. When we give to support God, we su when we give to support his ministry, when we give to support his church, so to speak, we receive blessings. And St. Paul is saying that what is valuable to me is the interest that is mounting up in your account. So St. Paul is saying that as long as we give to God, so to speak, there is an account that God has opened for us and that account is increasing and mounting up. Take note of that. So our giving to the Lord is not in vain. It's a sign of our love for God and not our love for the money. 
Now, St. Paul goes on. Now, for the time being, I have everything that I need and even more. I am fully provided now, now that I have received from Epaphroditus, the offering that you sent, a sweet fragrance, the sacrifice that God accepts and finds pleasing. So you see, the money they sent through Epaphroditus, St. Paul is saying that he acknowledges that. And he's thanking God and saying that their offering to him is rising to God as a sweet uh, fragrance, as a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. When we give from our hearts to support God and his ministry, so to speak, it is a sweet fragrance. It is an answer to our prayer. Even the psalmist tells us that when we give to the poor, the Lord will heal us even on our day of sickness. Take note of that. The Lord will heal us. So when we give, we are opening, we are increasing our account in heaven. And now take note of this. St. Paul now says, in return, my God will fulfill all your needs in Christ Jesus according to his riches in glory. So this promise, Philippians 4 verse 19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. St. Paul was saying that prayer to the Philippians. Why? It's based on the fact that the Philippians were supporting his ministry and because they were given to the cause of God. So that promise, my God will fulfill and supply all your needs according to his riches in glory, is applicable to those people who are generous with their gifts, with their money towards God and his ministers and their ministry, so to speak. That promise, God is saying, St. Paul is saying, that God will fulfill every the need of everyone who supports the work of God, who supports the ministry of God, who supports the church, so to speak. God will fulfill all your needs. Friends, is it not a blessing? This is a window for us to take note. Our support of the church, our support for the church and the ministers of God is not in vain. God remembers that. Even Hebrews 6 verse 10 talks about that. God remembers that. In return, my God will fulfill all your needs in Christ Jesus as lavishly as, lavishly as only God can. Some versions will say, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Now, if you come to the responsorial psalm, Psalm 112, it says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Who is the man who fears the Lord? The man who fears the Lord is the lover of God, not a lover of money. Think about it. Just pay attention to the psalm. He says, the man, the happy the man who fears the Lord, who takes delight in all his commands. Happy is the man, the lover of God, who delights in all his commands. His sons will be powerful on earth. The children of the upright are blessed. This upright man, this just man, is the lover of God. When you love God, you will delight. We will delight in his commandments. If we love God, we will fear him, so to speak. And to fear the Lord, Proverbs 8 verse 13, is to, hear, is to hate evil. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. So all those who fear the Lord, they hate evil. They love God. He says, the good man takes pity and lends. The good man takes pity and lends. That is a sign of a lover of God. He gives. He is a, a, he is a giver, like the Philippians. He conducts his affairs with honor. He is not cutting corners. He, if, if he is or she, if he or she is a business person, he conducts his affairs with honor, with integrity, no cutting of corners. The just man, that is the man who loves God, will never waver. He will be remembered forever. God will remember such a person forever. 
With a steadfast heart, he will not fear. Open-handed, he gives to the poor. You, you realize that? So a lover of God is a giver. He gives to the poor. His justice stands firm forever. His head will be raised in glory. In other words, such a person will never be put to shame. Take note of that. Now, in back to the first reading, we are told, St. Paul says, I am fully provided now, now that I have received from Epaphroditus the offering that you sent. Epaphroditus was a member of the Philippian community, and they gave their offering to him to be given to St. Paul. Look, Jesus talks about trust and faithfulness in little things in the, in the gospel. Epaphroditus is an example of somebody who can be trusted in little things. They gave money to him and he sent to St. Paul. We are invited to imitate Epaphroditus, to be faithful in little things. Can people trust us with money? Are we trustworthy? Are we trustworthy? Are we faithful in little things? That is an example of a somebody who is faithful in little things. Epaphroditus. They gave him the collection and he took it to St. Paul. He didn't remove any part of it. Friends, let us be like Epaphroditus. Now, if we come back to the gospel, Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you this, use money, tainted as it is, to win you friends. And thus, make sure that when it fails you, they will welcome you into the tents of eternity. The man who can be trusted in little things can be trusted in great. Take note of this. Jesus is saying that money can fail. Read the text, the text very carefully. He says money can fail us, but if we are wise people, we should rather use our money to win us eternity. What does that mean? It means we should demonstrate our love of God by using our money to support him. We should use our money to win and to support friends who will draw us closer to God. That's what it means. So that they will welcome you into the tents of eternity. We should use our monies in such a way that we can gain, we can enter eternity, so to speak. Money that will help us in our relationship with God. We should use our money in such a way that our work with God will be enhanced. Our relationship with God will be enhanced. We should demonstrate our love for God by our use of our money to support his kingdom, so to speak. He goes on, the man who can be trusted in little things can be trusted in great. Friends, like Epaphroditus, can we, be, can we be trusted in little things? We pray that God will help us to be honest in little things. That, 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 that means we can be honest also in great things. And so he says, if then you cannot be trusted with money that tainted thing, who will trust you with genuine riches? If you cannot be trusted with what is yours, with what is not yours, who will give you what is your very own? If you cannot be trusted with what is not yours, who will give you what is your very own? In this context, I want us to apply it to our workplaces. If we cannot be trusted with what is not ours, at our workplaces, do we work as if the work is ours or because it is not our work, so to speak, we don't own it, we just do anything to go by. Friends, Jesus is cautioning us. Until we do the work we are doing with all our hearts, even though it is not for us, so to speak, we will not receive the fullness of God's blessing. That's what it means, genuine riches. Genuine riches. If we want to get genuine riches and be wealthy in Christ Jesus, then we must learn to look after the, 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 the work of other people. We must do our work with commitment and dedication based on the principles of God. Friends, let us use our money wisely by supporting friends and uh, friends who will draw us closer to God. 
by supporting the ministry of God. Let us use our money to support activities which can help us gain eternity, so to speak. Let us not rely on our money, so to speak. Money will fail us, but let us use it to do things that will draw us closer to God. That is what Jesus is talking about here. And we are told, the Pharisees who loved money heard all this and laughed at Jesus. Friends, I made it earlier. I made a point earlier. Until our walk with God becomes so radical that people even laugh at us and mock us, we have not yet begun following Jesus or following God. May God give us the grace to stand firm in our walk with God. To stand firm when we are demonstrating our love for God, even if we are mocked. May we stand firm and be people of integrity in the name of Jesus Christ. May God help us to be like the Philippians, lovers of God and not lovers of money. May God help us to be like the Philippians and not like the Pharisees. Are you a Philippian or a Pharisee? Are we, are we lovers of God or we are lovers of money? Am I a Philippian or a Pharisee? Remain blessed. Remain blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. We are blessed forever and ever in the name of Jesus Christ.